As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. So thank you for joining us for this discussion with the Talent Magnet Institute. I get the pleasure right now to be sitting via camera across from one of our amazing and powerful faculty members, Aaron Bledsoe. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So the discussion that we're going to have that Aaron and I uh, have dialogued and she put together is ensuring that we align smart strategies and people-centered business practices during this time. So we're going to have a conversation and thank you for joining us. And uh, we appreciate you following Talent Magnet Institute as well as Centennial across the social media platform. If you've not joined the Talent Magnet Institute podcast community on Facebook, please do that. If you've not subscribed yet to our efforts here through YouTube, please make sure to do that as well. So again, we appreciate your flexibility and being able to join and appreciate you uh, submitting your thoughts and questions here as well. So Aaron, thank you for the time you put together lining out strategy. Can you share a little bit about your area of expertise and what you focus on for organizations? Yeah, yeah, thanks. So I, when people do ask me that question, it's hard for me to really sort of pinpoint exactly what the type of things that I do, because it is really anything that ends up being at the intersection of strategy and talent. And I kind of came into this niche, this area fairly organically and luckily in a few roles that I've had in the nonprofit industry um, and and some spaces related to strategy, talent, and operations. And what I have learned and what has essentially become my core belief is to achieve results or to see your vision and your mission come to reality, you need clearly defined priorities and equitable people-centered practices. You can't have one without the other. It just doesn't work. So as in many things in life, it's a both and situation. You know, I've seen clients and team members have really excellent, thoughtful, strategic plans that really should be what takes them to the next level of where they're trying to go. And yet they don't focus on the other end around fueling their talent and their teams to get there. And similarly, you know, there are some incredible cultural leaders out there who are all about people and empowering folks to do their best work and are finding themselves falling short because they haven't taken the time to really clearly articulate the priorities that their team or their organizations or their company is really driving toward. And so, you know, the work that I do is really centered around how to maximize both strategy and talent. Can you share with us what you believe our audience should be focusing on right now Mm -hmm. to assist their business and their team to be most effective? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the things that I'll share really do apply at any moment in time. I think right now in this specific unprecedented moment we find ourselves in, it is just hyper relevant. So. When I think about how to 
approach where we are right now. I think first and foremost, we have to be ruthless about reprioritizing what the work we are going to do to not only further our businesses and support our teams, but just to make sure that we are allowing our people to thrive. And so when I think about starting with strategy and really clearly articulating priorities, I think first and foremost, you have to know and lead with your values. And so what does your company or organization believe and what do they stand for is most critical? And then also what do you as a leader or an individual believe? And then second, I think you have to understand your particular value add. There's a million things that any company or organization or team can be effective at, but like truly what is the one thing that you should be doing based on the time that you have, the resources that you are equipped with in this moment. There's a wonderful book called Essentialism by Greg McEwen. If you all haven't read it, I would recommend it. He basically says there's trade-offs to everything, which you know isn't rocket science, but I think just the clarity in which he defines like you can't have it all and we can't do it all. So what are the very most important things, again, that you need to articulate and define for yourself at any given moment, especially now when our resources and our capacity are turned upside down. Mm. And then I think the third thing is really communicating those expectations around priorities, crystal clear and super often, more often than you would realize need to be communicated. I think especially in this moment with the landscape always moving and shifting and people's priorities and capacity personally and professionally continuing to move and evolve as well. And I think this idea around clear expectations really hit home for me when I was doing some Q12 Gallup work with teams. And they say that you know, clear expectations is one of the foundational premises to ensuring employees are engaged, period. Also a surefire way to ensuring you're able to set the path to achieve your goal and, and see the results that you're striving for. So again, these three points, I think, hold true regardless of what period of context and time we're in, but especially now. Mm. And some of the tips and sort of bright spots that I've heard from my clients and that I've been sharing with them and hearing from them around what they're doing to continue to really just narrow their focus right now is, again, defining what are those most critical things. What are the one to three max things that you as a company or you as a team should be doing, given your unique value add and your resources around time and finances? And then also clearly articulating, what does that mean in terms of what you're not going to be doing? I think it's very often the case where people will assume, okay, these are still the priorities, but that means all these other things still need to be accomplished. So when a leader can say, these are the things we are doing, these are the things we are then not going to be doing, it is really eye-opening and freeing for our teams and employees to then go and move forward. And then I think, you know, being very concrete around what those things are. I mean, as simple as this sounds, but making a list. Here are the things that we are continuing to move forward with. Here are the things we are not. Mm-hmm. And I've heard some clients and teams share some of those. And so that might look like, I mean, obviously now people are not traveling, right? So that's something they're saying no to, but also people thinking about, you know, we were going to go through this whole reorganizational shift. Now is not the time. Or, you know, some people have really just said, I'm not taking on additional business or new clients right now because we need to focus on our current clients and our team. Mm -hmm. And then people are saying yes to just shifting priorities. I think I've heard this example a couple of times where breweries are shifting to make some hand sanitizer, right? Mm -hmm. So what are the opportunities within this moment to figure out what you can offer to your clients or even to a broader set of stakeholders? And then typically when I think about supporting 
an organization or a company around setting priorities, I'm a big believer in soliciting input from the variety of stakeholders, your employees, your partners, your board, what have you. I think in this context, it adds a layer of challenge just given the timeliness and the urgency in which most of our folks are operating under right now. But I do still think that is an element that's important. So whether you're able to spend the time to do some sort of feedback circles or solicit employee surveys or stakeholder surveys, that would be great. But nothing else, making sure that you are clear as a leader to say, I am encouraging you all to give me feedback. What are you hearing on the front lines? What are you hearing from our partners? What are you experiencing directly? So that that then informs the priorities that are coming from the top. Another really great idea that client has shared with me that they're doing and that we're working through identifying is kind of creating a special committee. And I've heard and read this in a couple of different places, like a rapid response team or a crisis Mm -hmm. management team where you have representatives that are cross-functional and have a pretty high level purview of where the company or organization is in terms of finance and resources to be the ones who are able to swiftly and nimbly make decisions as the landscape shifts and changes. Hmm. And so they're responsible for really holding that decision-making power, but again, using all of their resources to understand the various stakeholders and context around the landscape to inform those. They're also responsible then for that communication element to ensure that teams and individuals at every level are clear on sort of what are the priorities today? What does that then mean for your work? And what does that, again, mean that you're not going to be doing as a result, perhaps? And I'm saying all this to really drive home that need for getting crystal clear and discreet and concrete in your priorities. And there's the balancing act right now with everything that's moving and shifting around being nimble. And being okay with that was true last week. This is what is true this week. And this is why. So again, going back to that communication and level setting on expectations, I think is what I'm seeing as a winning strategy for folks who are trying to figure out the right path in this very unclear world right now. And yeah, I think just it's the over communication of those clear expectations that that's coming from leadership and then allowing leadership also to have an ear to the ground in whatever capacity or strategy that makes the most sense for their team and organization. How do you recommend, Aaron, for leaders to communicate out to all of their people at all levels? How much mm-hmm. filtering needs to be put on the communication? Mm-hmm. I know we talk a lot at uh, Centennial and TMI around transparency is key in times of change, right? In times of uncertainty, you almost can't communicate enough to allay fears because the more we don't, Mm -hmm. the more concerns we're going to have. But how would you describe that in terms of, you know, can you communicate too much? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good question and it certainly will depend on your company or organizational constructs, like how many people you have and all that. But some of the strategies that I think have been really powerful and I've heard teams and individuals share appreciation for is really, to your point, transparency. What do you know? What don't we know? Who's making the decision? How is that decision being informed? Even if there isn't a concrete answer, just understanding where the decision makers are in a process, how they're using information to arrive at a decision gives people a sense of clarity and calm. In terms of concrete strategies, you know, I've heard these rapid response teams or leadership teams meeting 
you know, initially it was every day for 20 to 30 minutes. Like, what are the most critical things we need to discuss and how are we going to communicate it on down? Some people have gone to every other day, just depending on, you know, their context. I think managers should be in touch with their people daily, whether that's via a Slack channel or a quick text or an email or a one-on-one via video or phone. One of the things that I think is really important right now, many teams, companies, are shifting to a remote environment that they may not be familiar with. So upholding that culture of trust, that sort of community that you would have built otherwise in the office is going to be paramount right now, especially as people are just a little unclear. So one of the ways that I recommend to my folks in doing so is figuring out like, where are people? For one client that I had, I created this little sort of work plan tracker where for her team, she could have all of her folks just fill out a really simple Google document that says, here's where I'm going to be online. Here's where we're going to be offline. I've got kids home now. I've got to do some homeschooling and my partner needs this chunk of time to do his or her work. And so that means I'm online here. The best way to reach me is text versus email. So, I mean, I think creating that level of transparency, not only at the leadership to the team level, but also from the individual on up to the manager and the rest of the team is really important right now and giving each other grace and sort of latitude to know that everyone's going to be doing the very best that they can in this very uncommon and unusual set of circumstances we're finding ourselves in. Are there ways that you feel like we can help our listeners best prioritize? I know you mentioned we have to be concrete in the decisions that we make. (laughs) We have to be able to prioritize but what can organizations walk themselves through to actually prioritize during a time like this? Yeah, I think you get back to ensuring that you have the right people at the table, if you will, those who have the purview over the entire organization or company so that you can have input onto the variety of implications that any decision might make and so that those decisions are being made with the fullest inputs. I think it is going back to what were your set of priorities? What is the impact of moving forward with that or not moving forward with that? Looking at the landscape with a completely fresh set of eyes, irregardless of the strategies and priorities you may have had previously, but to say, here is what today is bringing us, whether it's from a financial picture, whether it's from a talent and productivity picture, whether it's from just an ability to do the set of things that your company or organization was previously focusing on doing and figuring out, does that still make sense? If not, why? And what makes sense now? And just answering really those very straightforward questions. And then, you know, typically when you go through any strategic planning process and probably even in this more narrowed context, um, you're going to come up with far more priorities than you probably actually want to bite into given your sort of people situation. And so I would charge people to just really go through that exercise of saying, if we do this, what is the trade-off? What won't we be doing as a result? And are we good with that? What are the implications of that decision? And also examining what might opportunities that may have been in the backboard burner may not have even been on the radar that might be even more priority today than they were yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that might be decisions for our listeners I mean, you just mentioned, Aaron, we need to do every day, right? In terms Mm -hmm. of change in some state of chaos, we have to be able to evaluate, look at that and make real-time decisions. As you mentioned, with hand sanitizing, 
I know of two organizations that are just last week, they were distilling bourbon, right? So they're leveraging their resources to pivot very quickly. Could you share a little bit regarding culture? How do we embrace a new way of team engagement? What are some tools and resources and some of those that you've touched on with Slack and Facebook groups, but anything else there that you might share? Yeah. So I've been working remotely for a good almost decade now. And so it's been lovely to be able to help my clients and understand like tactically, what does it mean to go to this virtual engagement? But as I mentioned before, it's more than just getting set up with a remote set of tools. It's really about creating a culture that can thrive even when you are separated. So the work plan template and just being very transparent about what you are and are not able to do with both your peers, but also your manager, I think is critical in this moment and supporting each other in that way. I think another piece that I've really pushed people to think about, there's lots of team meetings that we'll have to carry on, but we should be recording those so that people who can't join in that moment can revisit it live and to the Slack or the Facebook group or the whatever sort of mechanism your company and team may be using, figuring out how do you have group conversations in that space Mm. that allow for input at various times in various ways. This is also something that I think is new to our situation. And that's thinking about, again, what are the set of priorities that a team or a company is focusing in and not being afraid and actually proactively thinking about how you reallocate work based on people's ability to be productive in a given week, in a given day. And so again, like that is answered by understanding your priorities, which we've spoken to. You have to know what you're moving forward, but then also understanding your team's capacity. And that's why I also think that that work plan, clarity and transparency across your team is important. With that, you have to be smart, I think, around how you're celebrating progress and really working to remove any stigma because there may be three people on the team who are able to just still continue to move at full productivity. Mm. But then you've got that one person who's got additional personal responsibilities and they can't. And so you don't want to stigmatize that individual who's just actually wearing many hats right now, Mm -hmm. but really celebrating sort of the team collaboration that can be built out of this moment in time. And then again, I think it's all about being transparent, naming the things that is going on in the individual situation or the team situation so that everyone's on the same page, that we're not making assumptions or inferences about what may or may not be going on. And I think this over-communication element, I want to sort of underscore that it's not about being hyper-vigilant or micromanaging and knowing what progress is being made. That's always important, but it really is coming from a place of wanting to understand where your people are so that you can support them and allocate the work and keep things moving as much as it makes sense to achieve those results that are going to be important to your company or your business. Yeah. Yeah. So you referenced some great examples about being thoughtful and equitable during this time, right? That not everybody has the same resources, access, responsibility, role flexibility. I know I was on the phone with a manufacturer client of ours last week. His comment was, I'm even struggling. We've got a significant order that we have to keep moving of 3 million labels. 
I was talking to another client who also happens to be a label printer and wrestling through the same thing because of the hand sanitizer orders are up, thermometers orders are up, packaging orders are up, Kroger is busy. We know a lot of printing and packaging companies attached to that. So when we have to make decisions of who is out on the front line, who's working from home remotely, how can teams show respect and be vigilant while being fair and equitable and showing that all people at every levels matter. Some will learn they matter all the time, but I think that many organizations are learning right now how important our front line really is to our businesses and to our customers, that they're the ones that make things happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I do think we can easily think about what it looks like for people who are set up to effectively operate remotely, right? But Mm -hmm. there are many organizations, people within those organizations who don't have the infrastructure to do so. And so I've seen many companies think about, okay, if that is true, and this person still obviously wants to and can contribute to the work that's moving forward, how do we set them up? And how do we allow for sort of that ramp up time to get them moving again? I think something you mentioned, you know, around thinking about folks who may be employing shift people who work on shifts. And so figuring out what is the system or technology and or communication that will allow and really empower folks to do some shift swapping amongst themselves and celebrate that. Again, coming from a place of we are a team and we are doing this together versus this person's taking on some additional work and we're going to celebrate them while the person who just has a more of a situation that they have to manage in addition to work. And so I think you do that by setting up the systems And I think you do that as well by having leadership and management model some of that, right? If you have a leadership team member who is expressly saying, I'm going to shift this body of work to my colleague over here because I have to be at home to take care of my mother. I can only, you know, dedicate 65% of my time. And this person, you know, has a freer schedule or doesn't have dependence. And so we're going to make that decision as a team. And that doesn't mean that you know, I care less about my work or I'm less effective. It's just, this is a moment in time where we just have to be adaptive. I also think, you know, there's lots of things when we have the resources to do, we should be doing all that we can for our people in this moment. And that might look like, you know, some of the things, like I said, around ensuring people are set up with the right technologies. It might look like going above and beyond sort of the recommended sick leave or PTO, just giving people sort of an abundance of that so they can do what they need to do to take care of themselves so that they can ultimately come back and be their best selves at work. When it's possible, I've had a few clients who have taken the initiative to offer pay advances for those who may need it. Hmm. And so I think there's a lot of creative ways. I've got another client who's thinking about how, not that necessarily everyone needs some support in groceries or you know restaurants, but as a way actually to giving back to the community bought an abundance of gift cards and shared that with their folks so that they, to lessen the burden for their employees, but also to sort of give some infusion into the local economy. So I do think it is a case-by-case basis based on your employee workforce. One thing that I would recommend is, again, not to make assumptions on what people may or may not need. So that might look like charging your managers to have a really honest conversation with folks that they manage to understand what are their constraints, what are their opportunities, so you can react to that. Or even if you have a huge workforce and that's not necessarily 
wise in terms of time and resources, there's ways to survey people. Like what are the things that you need? And maybe even setting it up anonymously um, so people can really be transparent. Do you have any feedback around delivering? I know one of the topics that we're getting asked quite a bit is delivering negative communications during this time. How can leaders, what are you hearing as examples to how are leaders doing in delivering that negative feedback, which can feel so personal and mm-hmm. so difficult right now for people, mm-hmm. but yet it has to happen. So at least, you know, as sometimes we share, at least they're sharing, but how can leaders be extra sensitive and thoughtful around delivering negative feedback? In terms of feedback, in terms of like performance, ensuring people are sort of producing at the level that they would be expected to, is that what you're referring to? Maybe more so negative feedback about the business right now, right? Mm -hmm. Things that might be impacted on shifts and hours and Mm -hmm. God forbid furloughs and layoffs, but it's happening and it's happened to millions of people through our country and tens of millions of people around the world. Any thoughts around how organizations should be communicating about that when that news has to be delivered? Yeah. That is the harsh reality in which we're living in and many leaders are finding themselves in today. And I've been inspired, quite frankly, in seeing how some companies and clients of mine have been thinking about this. And I think, of course, it goes back to the culture in which you had from the beginning before all of this started, the degree to which you know, you've established a, an element of transparency and trust with your folks. But to what we were saying around communication earlier, I think you know, whether it's good or bad news, always informing your audience and being very clear and direct. So like, this is the statement that I have to make. Here is what led to it. Here are all of the thoughtful data and decision points that informed this decision. Mm -hmm. And in cases where there are, you know, the unfortunate reality of layoffs or furloughs or pay decreases, I think there are some sort of supporting strategies that people can deploy to soften that blow just a little, or at least offer, you know, that extenuating sort of humanity as people have to make those hard decisions. And you mentioned in a recent podcast around this too, is people who are connecting with other businesses in the community who have shared priorities or skill sets and and seeing where they can make connections for their employees for which they have to let go to make sure they land softly somewhere else. And so I think that's just a beautiful story of community, one that seems somewhat apparent. And I do think, you know, given in many of our contexts, especially in business and sort of a nonprofit space, you know, the people next door, if you will. And I think picking up the phone and making recommendations goes a long way, not only to support that individual, but also to support the individuals who are going to be left behind. They see that effort. They see that investment that you made in that moment. And I think it will yield not only dividends for just that moment in time, but for the culture and sustainability of your people for the longer term. So there's also a comment in the chat. Thank you for those that are on and some of the thoughts and questions that you've asked. Another idea and thought Mm -hmm. that was shared is thinking about secondary skill sets, that maybe there are team members that have other skills and abilities that they're current day job doesn't call for them to utilize. 
and being able to ask about those skill sets and asking people what else they see and able to do. You know, I'd like to believe that we're all thinking about that at any given time, but I will tell you even case in point with the way that our team is responding to some of the topics and the way there are things that our team has done in the last couple of weeks that have just absolutely blown me away. Yeah. The things, ways that I've been pushed, ways that I've been challenged, questions that have come up, even the Courageous Leadership webinar, how that actually came about is purely a team skill talent activity. Last week, we had our first webinar that we've ever put on, and now I think we're up to like eight or nine. So the conversations, the ability that you have to ask your team about their secondary skill sets, what else can they be bringing to the team? The other challenge might be to your leadership team and managers and people that aren't on the front lines in in assuming that it wouldn't create a safety problem. You may want to also give your frontline team a break, right? Mm -hmm. And come in and help and get your hands involved in the work of getting product out to your customer. It'll build another layer of empathy and understanding. And whatever that might be, it might also be you just picking up the phone, right? For your customer service or sales team, or just being thoughtful about ways that you can really show your team you're in this with them, that we're in it together, and how important it is to use the right strategies and communications to make sure you're executing on a people-centered business, because that's what we're all about. Aaron, any additional thoughts that you might leave our listeners with? Anything you can leave to help lift the spirits of the leaders that are listening in to this episode? And how can they go about their rest of their day and lead well? Yeah, yeah. Again, I just want to lift up all of the leaders who are in this moment and being incredibly thoughtful and diligent as they think about their people and think about the future of their companies and their organization. I think it is a heavy task to manage at this moment. It's always a heavy task to sort of navigate, but I'm seeing so many bright spots around people who are doing it well, thoughtfully and inclusively. And to me, that is sort of what it gives me peace at night in all of this unknown. Again, I think I would just underscore, you know, there is a lot of noise happening in our world around all that is moving and changing and shifting. And if companies, teams, individuals can really just identify what are those discrete set of things that are going to align with their capabilities, their resources, and their values, and then really encourage, empower their teams to do all that they can towards that specific set of priorities, figure out how to support them in doing that, whether it looks like a whole different set of skills that you might be deploying to what you were just saying, or just sharing some of the workload across the team differently. I think that we will come out of this 100% transformed. That is going to be true. And I do think that there is a lot of opportunity within our current climate As we navigate through it, just keeping an eye on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to those who tuned in today, thank you. We greatly appreciate you joining us for this discussion. As we shared earlier, this effort is all around us partnering together, us bringing resources and tools and expertise to the conversation. 
around how to reframe success and leadership. So when we say that, to be frank, leadership's not all about work success, right? It's about building effective relationships. It's about serving our community. It's about having holistic and healthy lives. And boy, now is a great time to be thoughtful. Now is a great time to be resourceful. Now is a great time to follow and build a great followership, people who believe in you, people who you need to be listening to as leaders and spending time with and figuring out where the best ideas come from, from your organization and your team. We encourage you to follow the Talent Magnet Institute. We're going to be posting many of the next several weeks episodes on YouTube as well. So you can watch the conversation. Feel free to continue driving questions, comments, and thoughts. Thank you for all of the questions and thoughts that came in today while we were recording this. We also look forward to the next conversation. We're having another dialogue on several dialogues on real-time topics. So if you go to the Talent Magnet Institute podcast community page on Facebook, you can see that schedule. We're going to release that, continue to release the episodes and links to joining us. Also, check out talentmagnetinstitute.com backslash webinar. You can register for our Courageous Leadership webinar that just last week, we were so fortunate enough to have 186 people register for that webinar. So thank you so much for your leadership. Thank you for leading well, Aaron. Thank you for your leadership and relationship with the Talent Magnet Institute as well as Centennial. And we're so excited you all joined us today. We look forward to the next conversation. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity.